Today on the podcast, we're talking about money. It's something that touches almost every part of our life, and yet it's still something we don't talk a lot about openly. My guest is Tammy Barton, Managing Director of Australian business, My Budget. And she told me that when we can transform our relationship to money, it can transform our life. And yet, while there's a lot of information available to us around mental or physical health, there's not a lot of conversation about financial health. Today, I give Tammy a call to talk about how we can transform our relationship with money. Joining me on the phone is Tammy Barton. Tammy is one of Australia's most influential businesswomen and female entrepreneurs. She's the founding director of My Budget, a service that she started as a home-based business in South Australia more than 22 years ago, and which has since grown into one of Australia's most trusted and recognized financial services brands. My Budget relieves money worries and helps people to achieve their financial goals via personal budgeting and money coaching. Today, the business employs more than 270 staff and has helped more than 110,000 clients. Tammy's a respected authority on personal budgeting and money management, and she regularly features in the media as a personal finance expert and influential entrepreneur. She's won the Telstra Businesswoman of the Year in South Australia twice, the Australian Government Business Innovation Award, among multiple other recognitions, including Ernst & Young's Young Entrepreneur of the Year. Tammy and the team at My Budget are on a mission to promote financial responsibility and help Australians to live free from money worries. Tammy, welcome to Phone Calls with Clever People. So nice to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Yeah, I I, I will admit, I in, in sort of the preparation for our conversation, went down a whole bunch of different rabbit holes learning about your story, learning about your journey, because I've kind of, I had heard about you for so often and we'll kind of explore a bit about how I heard, first heard about you, but I've been going down all these rabbit holes. And so when I, I kind of had the opportunity to have a conversation with you, I was so, so excited because I know this will be really helpful for the people that we're talking to. Um, one of the things that we do uh, on the podcast is we kick off with some fast facts and they're just three real simple things to get to know you a bit better. And so the <laughs> three questions are, where were you born? What was your very first job? And then what do you do now? So I was born in... Adelaide in South Australia and sorry <laughs> where was your first job God, yeah, that's not a very good job. start is it <laughs> um Hungry Jacks right. uh, when I was when I was 14 yeah I begged my parents to let me get a job because I just wanted to be financially independent and it was such a good start for me really teaches you how to work hard and you earn your own income and you become an you know, a little mini adult, even though you're only a teenager. And you learn how to interact with customers and angry customers. There's so many life skills, oh, isn't there? So many life skills. You learn customer service and you learn how to work under pressure and you learn, you know, how to take abuse. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, someone fries up hot enough or whatever it might be. Um, but you, you just, and you learn how to interact with, um, you know, people in a working environment. And you're working with people that are sometimes a few years older than you, which, you know, when you're 14, 15, that's, that's a first-time experience. So yeah. um, I think it's, like, just so important. I mean, I've, I encourage both my – I've got teenage kids and, um, you know, they started jobs at Foodland, which is like a supermarket chain here in um, South Australia because it's just such good experience for them. 
Yeah, I remember I, most people don't know this about me, but when I was growing up, people said, you know, what did you want to be when you grew up? And most people have these big aspirational dreams. My dream as a child was, it was that I wanted to work at Hungry Jack's because <laughs> I grew up in uh, like the early part of my life in Alice Springs and we didn't have the fast food chains. We didn't even have a McDonald's. And so when Hungry Jack's came to Alice Springs for the first time, it was this like miraculous thing that had happened. And so I was a child going, when I grew up, I want to work at Hungry Jack's, which doesn't seem very aspirational, but it's, uh, yeah, it's definitely one of those things that's part of my story. I love that. I love that because, you know, as a kid, I mean, getting Maccas or Hungry Jack's yeah. or KFC, like, that's so exciting because your parents don't normally let you get it. Um, so, yeah, I love that story. <laughs> and so, I mean, tell us a little bit about what you do now and then what we'll do is we'll re rewind a little bit and kind of understand the story about how you got to where you're going now. But give us a quick snapshot of what you do now. So uh, now um, I'm the director of my the company that I founded, My Budget, and I work here on a day-to-day -day basis basically as the um, – you know, the, the managing director, I suppose. That's my official title is um, director, but just managing the day-to-day -day operations of the business and still heavily involved in um, the strategy and the planning for the business and where the future's heading. That's what I do on a day-to-day on -day basis. But I also sit on a few boards as well, um, which uh, has been really great for me because I've taken myself out of my, my budget bubble um, having your own business and being so overly immersed in it is, is fantastic, but it's also great to get other experiences along the way, especially for someone like me who started my business, you know, relatively young at, at, at 22. Um, and then I'm, uh, I have a wonderful husband, so I'm a wife, and I have three amazing children, so I'm a mum. Oh, and now I also coach my youngest netball team. So <laughs> <I love laughs> I'm a netball that. coach, even though I don't really know much about netball because I've played basketball my whole life. Um, but I figured, how hard can it be? Well, I was going to say, how does coaching a netball team compare to running a, a really quite successful business? I would imagine coaching a netball team would be harder. It is. It's more stressful, <laughs> let me tell you. Like, <laughs> I'm up and down that court. Uh, and because, uh, uh, you know, the, the kids don't really know exactly what they're doing, I was going from one end to the other end. And then the umpire, after game three, said, look, I need to let you know, you're not allowed to do that. You're not allowed <laughs> to go from one end to the other I'm standing on the baseline you know yeah like just telling the kids what to do and I'm getting like right like I was I'm so into it like I'm so enthusiastic um that the the umpires had to rein me back in a little bit and go you know look they're only they're only uh seven-year-olds <laughs> well, I was going to say with the the participants and the kids would they describe you as enthusiastic is that the word they might use I would say so yes the parents are like oh my god you're so into this and I'm like am I I don't know I'm just like when you're in, you're in, right? <laughs> yes. I'm doing the big basketball, you know, we put our hand in and I don't, not even sure if they do that at netball, but I've brought <laughs> it into basketball. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I mean, people who are listening to this, they, they probably hear my budget and they will have, I mean, immediately when I think about it, you think of the, the TV ads, there's, there's quite a lot of kind mm -hmm. of, um, you know, storytelling that takes place. And I, the, my budget kind of ads come to mind for me, but for people who maybe aren't familiar with the business, um, tell us, a, a, give us a quick snapshot of what my budget's all about. So what my budget really does is we help people to live the life that they want without having to worry about money. And we do that through helping them with personal budgeting and putting a budget together, but not just putting the budget together, managing that budget on our client's behalf so that they don't have to worry about, um, you know, paying bills or are they on track with the finances? We take care of everything for them. So we're like that, you know, that personal bookkeeper 
for individuals and and families. And when you say, what do we do? That's why I started with the allow people to live their life without worrying about money. Because yes, what we do is we do personal budgeting and we're good at it and we put budgets together and we pay people's bills on time and we help people create savings and pay down debt and, you know, create investment or whatever and achieve their financial goals ultimately. That's what we do. But actually what we really do is change people's lives. We transform people's lives through transforming their money. Um, because there's just so much stress that comes along with money and it's money is involved in almost every facet of our life. So it has a big impact on our life. So the way in which you manage your money has a big, big impact on the way in which your life turns out. And it's not about how much money you have. Of course, you need to have enough just to cover the, the basics. Um, but it's about with the money that you've got, you know, managing, but managing that to achieve the things that you want out of life and i i love the the vision and the mission of my budget and and i when we first connected i i shared a little bit of my story and which is kind of how i first came into contact with my budget when i was running a a, a business um a, a long time ago ended up kind of deciding to go back into a career didn't realize that the account uh, the accountant that I was working with went out of business, but they were the mailing address for a lot of my company documentation, didn't close the company for me, ended up with a whole bunch of fines and um, and uh, bills that came out of nowhere for me almost two years after I'd finished running the business. And I was in a, you know, not necessarily a great paying job at the time and felt really overwhelmed by these additional bills. And to be honest, it was, you know, being quite young at the time when it happened, I didn't know how to manage that well. And so there was that immediate sense of maybe if you just ignore it, it'll go away, which tends to be, you know, some people's you know response to money. Maybe it's when the envelope shows up at your door or in your mailbox, you don't want to open it because you're afraid of what might be inside. You don't want to answer phone calls. And something that touches one part of your life, say your finances, touches a whole range of different areas of your life, right? Oh, absolutely. And, and Shane, as you were talking, I was nodding because your story... Um, is so familiar to me mm. in the sense that you are not alone in that, uh, in those feelings and in those circumstances. And um, and and what happens is a lot of people don't talk about that and they hold it inside because they feel, you know, ashamed or embarrassed that they somehow or other managed to get into this particular situation that has stressed them out. Mm. Um, and that is that is exactly why I created my budget because to have that non-judgmental um, financial partner that's really the, the intent of my budget is to do everything to help our clients achieve their financial goals and eliminate that financial stress and improve their financial health. And that is, that is why we're here and that is what we do. And just listening to you say that, um, and thank you so much as well for being so candid and open because not everybody not everybody feels that comfortable. So well done to you in, in feeling um, confident and comfortable to talk about that experience. And that is certainly the journey of where my budget started is really um, helping people out of that, that financially stressed state, mm-hmm. no matter their financial situation. When I, what I mean by that, no matter someone's income, people can be really financially stressed depending on their circumstances. And where the business has transitioned to over the last 20 years is not just, and we still absolutely um, are able to and do help people feeling financially stressed, but to the point where today people use my budget services partly because, well, a, a lot of clients use it because 
they want to do better with the money that they've got. Mm. And it's not necessarily that, you know, they were in a circumstance like your, like your own, but they just know that they could be, they could be doing um, better with the money that they have and, and, you know, achieving the things that they want in their life if they manage their money in a different way or just didn't have to worry about it. Mm. I mean, that's the key. You don't have to worry about it. You know, you just, it's all, it's all run and organized through my budget and you get to know that not only your bills are paid, but you're on track to achieving your financial goals, which is in line with whatever it is that you choose in your, in your life. So I think, and you would probably agree, Shane, that because we've been on TV for so long, for 20 years, the, the, the narrative has really become you need to be really financially stressed to use my budget. But the opposite is actually true. Service works for everybody who wants to just, you know, be that A player with their money um, or even a B, you know, whatever you decide, it's your journey, it's your life. We don't dictate to people how to spend their money. We just help them achieve the things that they want to achieve in their life. Mm. And that was, that was, that's both really my story as well. Early on it Mm. was, um, I came because I wanted to, relieve some of the stress or the the judgment that sat around money and I, I want to kind of dig a bit deeper into that in a second and the other part of it is the, what, what was the reason why I stayed well I stayed because mm-hmm. it actually enabled me to focus on the things that um, were the most important for me at the time and not have to worry about some of the the administrative areas at the back end of my my life admin and so I think about it through the example of um, a year ago I put on a business manager in my practice and I and I work with him and he is a constantly finding ways to remove things from what I do to allow me to focus on the things that are most important right now and so he takes away some of those low-level tasks and it's been so helpful that it allows me to be more productive with my time, um, more energetically engaged with my time because he's taken away some of those low value or low um, administrative tasks. And I know for, for uh, my budget with the, the software and the platform, it takes away so much of that, um, the thing that you would take a high level of emotional energy to sit down and think through and work through. And it automates mm-hmm. so much of that for people's lives. Oh, absolutely. And, and we call that the, the mental load of money. There is mm-hmm. a mental load of organizing it and sorting things out in your head and having to not, it's not just a physical part, task of jumping on and paying a bill. That, mm. that bit's actually easy. It's actually um, mapping your money out and going, you know, I've got all these things due and this is what I need to, you know, spend money on this at this particular time, a holiday or whatever. It's actually just taking that away. Mm. And, and you, you hit the nail on the head, Shane, because in any way that I can, if I can outsource something which is of, low value to, for me to do it mm. and I'm best off using my time triple I call it tripling down on your strengths yeah, and nice. finding those you know finding those um, people or support networks to help you with the things that firstly maybe you just don't like doesn't even necessarily mean you're not good at it you just don't like mm-hmm. doing some of the thing I mean I, I some of the things that my assistant does for me I love doing those things but they're of low value and I don't have time for it to yeah. so, you know she does those things for me. And I think it's the same with, uh, it's absolutely the same with my budget. You know, get, get, you know, we take care of it all for you. We are working for you, the client. I mean, our staff here, they eat, sleep and breathe what is best for our clients. Like it's, uh, people think, oh, it's not a real thing when you come into my budget, you know, but the culture, they're like, is this a cult? Like you guys actually really care. Like you, they walk around, they can hear the clients. Are so enth- I mean, you, you would know, you would speak to mm. our staff on the phone. They're also caring and really there 
to support uh, our clients and they're there to make a difference in people's lives. They're not here to clock on and clock off. It's not a job. It's, um, you know, we're a family here at My Budget and we all care about one another and in particular we're all here working for our clients and that's what we do. Mm, that's always been the impression that I've got when I spoke to people and one of the ones that I kind of want to circle back to is this, um, one of the things that has always shone through from the people that I've spoken to or engaged with, you know, even just talking to you, is this non-judgmental space that people hold for people when it comes to their money. And I, I get one sense that the reason why we have to have a non-judgmental space for people to hold it is because money can bring up all kinds of areas of shame and guilt and and feelings of judgment around their money. And you know, a friend of mine, um, Peter Cook has this phrase, he said, you know, we're all a little bit dysfunctional around money. And I tend to agree. Like we've all got this weird kind of dysfunction about talking about money. You don't talk about how much you Mm. earn. You don't talk about your salary. You don't talk about your savings. Where does this kind of dysfunction around money come from? Well, I I just think it comes down to that judgment. You know, you think about social media, people want to show their best life. People want to have other people think highly of them. And a lot of uh, people's self-worth comes from, you know, what others think of them. And then if you can show that I'm doing well with my money, which means I drive a flash car and, you know, I'm able to, you know, dress in a certain way or spend money in a certain way, that really fuels the way that someone feels about themselves, rightly or wrongly. Um, it just is the way it is. And I think, you know, about five or six years ago, Shane, I thought I really want to start create a movement around talking about money. And I started that and I worked with a PR agency and it was so much more difficult than what I had imagined because I realized that people don't want to talk about money. And the reason they don't want to is because of the fear of being judged. And was I really, or was my budget really going to be able to take that on, um, you know, as, as, you know, as a medium sized company, probably not because you're talking about the way, you know, people feel. And so what we continue to do is create that, you know, that space where you're not going to get judged mm. at all whatsoever. And if I look at all the feedback I get from different clients and I read the client feedback like religiously, um, it's that they felt like they were not judged. And, and you want that in life. You, you, want, you don't want to be judged by your partner or by your friends or your family. Um, and that's what we are. We're really that extension of your family that won't judge you for the, you know, the situation or what your goals are or how you want to live your life and where you want to spend your money. It's your life. It is, it's, it is kind of like having your own support crew for the the kind of financial aspects of your life it's kind of you know you pull into a pit stop and they're going to give you the advice you need the support you need and they're not going to judge you for the decisions you make they're just going to go hey this is the implications of those decisions and how how do i make you more aware of that so then you can make the decision that's an informed decision rather than an ignorant decision yeah and i love the way you just described that Shane, because that is exactly right we don't make decisions for you about your money we just give you the information we give you the visibility we show you that budget, we give you the structure and you make the decision about how you want to spend your money and where you want to spend it. And and you can see clearly the implications of going down path A or path B mm. because you've got that visibility to see into your financial future, which is um, so lovely. I mean, I always sort of liken it to imagine if, uh, you know, you're on a diet, for example, and you could see if you ate these things for the next month, this is what you might look like. Create these things, so that's what you might look like. Well, you can actually do that with your finances, wow. and that's the beauty of it. You get to see into your future if you stick to this. This is where you will be, um, and I think that's 
that's the wonderful thing about, you know, about finances i mean we talk i mean probably in the last 18 months especially we've talked a lot about mental wellness we've talked about physical wellness because Mm. we've been pushed into a scenario that has really amplified some of the things that we've been going through we've been talking about wellness in a number of different areas across life Mm. for for years but i don't know that we talk a lot about financial wellness and we absolutely don't there's not enough conversation about financial wellness Mm. and i bring this up regularly and um one of the big projects that we're working on at the moment is um it's financial health what it not only what is financial health because um you know you can articulate what financial health may look like or mean but it's the it's the key metrics that you need to determine what is um what is financial health and because when you measure things when you measure things, things get done. Yeah. So you need to have that measurement. What does it mean? And so that's what we're working on. And certainly it means things like, um, well, so we're working on the on the on that project now so that for our clients and also for the greater public, you can look at yourself and go, this is my financial health. Mm. And, and, and it means that I'm, you know, spending less than I'm earning. It means that my debt isn't going up every year. It means there's a bunch of different metrics that we're looking at. And the difficult thing is there's so many metrics to look at, but how do we make it really simple? Mm. Just really some really simple metrics. If you look at finance, so your health in general, you've got cholesterol and you've got blood pressure and you've got, you know, your weight. And there's a bunch of metrics that we look at to say, you know, you're, you're doing reasonably well in those areas, but nobody, no one's owned it. Nobody globally has owned this financial wellness space and it impacts so much of our life. Mm. It impacts relationships. It impacts our mental health. Um, it impacts, you know, your performance at work. I mean, and I see it every day. And that's why I said earlier, yes, we do personal budgeting. But what we're doing is we're actually transforming someone's life through transforming their money. And I and it took me a while to work that out, actually. It wasn't until clients started giving me feedback, I thought they'd be stopping me in the street and saying, oh, thank you so much, uh, you know, for sorting out my finances. I've got money in savings. I was getting all sorts of things. I got stopped at the petrol station and a client came up and said, you know, you saved my marriage. You know, my husband and I, we never fight anymore. We were going to get a divorce. And she was so happy. And I got stopped in the streets of Melbourne. And one of my clients um, came up to me and she said, I'm a, I'm a client. She wrapped her arms around me. She started crying. She said, I was so stressed about my financial situation. My two boys were never going to see me again. But when I came into your office and I had the appointment on the 7th of November, she said, it changed my life and my boys now have a mother. And I thought, oh my God, I still get shivers thinking about that moment. Um, and these are the types of things. And that's that's the more extreme end of it. Then I'll share one more story with you, which I love. I'm just going to put myself uh, on mute and cry over here for a moment. You just keep sharing these stories. <laughs> <laughs> deeply touching. I know, right? But I'm going to, that's why I'm going to change gears a little bit and go to a funny one. So one of our staff members from Melbourne was over working in our Adelaide office. And where one of our offices was, was in a 40-kilometre zone. And she didn't realise. So she left the office. She got pulled over doing 60 kilometres an hour or, or what have you. And the police officer pulled her over. And she was in her My Budget uniform. She had My Budget on her you know, the logo on her shirt. So she sort of started flicking her hair around, you know, to try and get out of getting the fine. And as she was doing that, the, the police officer looked at her shirt and said, oh, do you work at my budget? She goes, yeah, I do. And he goes, oh, my God, you guys got my sex life back. 
when I came, I'm a client. He goes, when I came to see you, my wife and I were arguing all the time and you guys literally single-handedly got me my sex life back. So I'm letting you off the ticket. And he didn't book it. <laughs> so we get people's sex lives back as well. I haven't seen so that on any of your recent ads, Tammy. I'm not sure. Is, no, that, is that a campaign that's coming up? <laughs> I need to track that client down and get him on the ad. <laughs> See, because it does touch all the different areas of your life. And I think one of the things that obviously this, this podcast typically caters for people who are leading people and, you know, most people are in organizations leading teams. And we're often talking about how to get the best out of our team within the workplace and you know what could we be doing to help drive performance or how do we inspire people around purpose or culture or communication all these kind of areas but we could do all of those things really well but their personal financial health and wellness at home can be undermining that entire experience in work is, is that kind of an experience that you would see for people all the time um i mean it because it, it you know you don't come to work and i see this with my own employees you don't come to work and necessarily leave everything that's going on at home behind. It's not actually possible to do that. Um, and so if you are under that financial stress, it does impact your performance at work. And this is another part of the feedback that I get as well, Shane, is that um, people perform better at work. Mm. All of a sudden, their budgets are better because they're getting pay rises and promotions. And it's it's they, go, they work hand in hand together because, um, you know, there is, I mean, the, the mental load and the stress of finances, it can really, it can really bring you down um, and, and yeah, impact your performance at work and with your relationships and all sorts of things. Yeah, all sorts I mean, of things. And it's not really spoken one, right? about. Oh, the, the, the mental load is, um, is huge. And, uh, you know, I, I've written uh, a couple of, um, blogs about this if anyone's interested in going to the my budget blog or on my LinkedIn um, and quite often it does fall to the female of the household if you're in a relationship as well um, it's just a natural thing like when I say natural it's just statistical yep. reality that when we speak to people it's generally not always but it's the female in the household that is the household CFO and so they're looking after managing the money. The husband maybe they might be both earning the money, but the females might be managing it. But then they're also looking after the children and organising things, and all of that has a really big impact on people's mental health. Mm. Um, and sometimes they don't even want to discuss that uh, with their with their partner. But the the beauty of doing that is getting on the same page changes people's relationships. It really. It really does. Um, when there's stress and tension there, you can eliminate that. And at least that's one less thing for people to have to worry about. Mm. Have you always, I mean, I get the sense because you're in this space, you've always had this kind of, um, you know, knack with personal finances. Has it always been really good for you or was there a time where it was really tough? Have you had to transform your own kind of relationship with money? And if so, how have you done that? Well, I think, I mean, growing up, uh, I was, I'm the uh, eldest of four children. My mum was 16 when she had me. My dad was 19, so they were young yeah. um, parents. My dad uh, was a builder, or still is a builder. He ran his own business from home. And when I was, you know, in my teenage years, um, at the same time as working at Hungry Jacks, I used to help my dad with his finances, like writing out the checks and paying the bills. And, uh, and I don't know, it sounds very basic, but for a young girl, seeing how hard someone has to work to get enough money in the bank 
to make sure it covers all of their expenses, not only for the household, but for their business as well. That really had a big impact on me. Mm. So, and I remember times where the electricity at home might have been like getting close to getting cut off and my mum getting stressed about it because, you know, the bill hadn't been paid or what have you. And I just, I must have subconsciously thought, I don't ever want that to happen to me. I'm going to be, like I had this thing in my head where I'm going to always look after and manage my money. And even in my first job, I'd get a piece of paper and write out my budget, um, you know, to, to put all the money away that I needed for car registration and car insurance, which may not be due for six months, but I would always have it put away. Um, so there wasn't, there's not necessarily a time personally where I felt like I might've been under that kind of financial stress, but I suppose I was always on my, on my case myself. Mm. Uh, and particularly running the business, it became more apparent that, you know, as the business grew, I needed to bring in someone with more experience than myself to help me with all the complexities that come with running a, a bigger business. And, um, I suppose at times, with the business, you're, you're always, like, especially in the early days, making sure I had enough money to make payroll mm. uh, in the bank and pay, pay the bills on time. There's always that level of, um, you know, trying to be on top of things. But, I mean, I feel very fortunate that personally, um, when I say fortunate, uh, I, I've been on top of it. And I think you would want to hear that from me as well, in a way, yeah. because um, and, and although there are fantastic stories of people coming from a space where they've, you know, they were struggling somewhere and they've created a business out of it. But for me, it just was something that I think just because of my experiences mm. became very, and I developed a, a product and, a, and software and, uh, and I've always used it myself. Yeah. Like I'm the biggest advocate. I'm the number one advocate because it works. I mean, I don't even, I don't even think about my personal finances if I'm, if I'm really honest, mm. because I've got it all sorted. Yeah. I don't have to worry about it. It's, it's done. Like my kids' school fees and, you know, sometimes I forget how much, I mean, I know how much school fees are because they're bloody expensive, but, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, because everything's automated and in the budget, you know, I don't have to think about it. So it's mm. not on my mind. And I, mm. I think I like hearing stories like that because there's generally two paths that you find people who go into, you know, building, you know, really successful businesses. One of them had that turning point moment where they were going one way and it was that like real life turnaround moment. The other people are generally those people who've done something so well and they think to themselves surely everybody is like this surely everyone does this mm. and then they realize oh actually there's a lot of people who don't think this way who would actually really benefit from this and I think hearing your story you you've, you've kind of had this knack and you've gone actually the more stories you hear you go actually we could really help some people here because I know you have a, a background you're in debt collection as well which kind of like informed some of this as well do you want to maybe touch on that briefly yes yeah for sure um yeah, so my probably my first my significant job um, out of school was as I was studying accounting at night, um, was working at a solicitor's firm here in Adelaide. And part of my role there, I looked after their trust accounting, but part of my role was also to look after a small debt collection firm mm. that they owned. And it was actually in that role where I saw the impact that the way um, people were looking after their money was impacting their life. I saw the impact that debt was having on people's lives. And when I would talk to people about what, you know, what can you afford to pay back? And a lot of people had no idea. Yet they were earning really good incomes, earning a lot more than I was. And still just, said, oh, I don't know, I'm not really sure. And they'd commit something and then not make the payment. And I thought, you know, there must, there is a better way. I can help you. I can really help you. You're earning great money. 
I can help you put this budget together. But what I realized very quickly was it wasn't just about putting the budget together. That's actually the easy bit. Mm. It's actually sticking to that budget and staying on track to achieving your financial goals and paying down your debt. And, and just to circle back to what you were saying before, I really love helping people. Like, and I love if I've, you know, if I've listened to, watched a great TV show, I'm telling everyone. <laughs> I'm just one of those, you know, like, uh, you know, and, I, and my, my, my daughter often says to me, I'm a forcer because I'm like, you have to do this, Maddie. It's so good. And she's like, mom, you don't have to force me. <laughs> um, but, but I'm just like, I get so enthusiastic in, in, into it. And I love helping people. So when I was developing my, my business, my, um, one of my best friends from school, she was so, I, I shouldn't use the word, but she would use it herself. Like she was just, she didn't think about money. She was just, she was terrible. Like she was just like, I don't know, I'm doing, she'd go out and buy all these shoes and all of this. And I'm like, no, you, you're joining my budget. Right? I've created this business and, you know, you're one of my test clients. Get in here. And it, it, honest to God, it turned her life around. It took a little while for her to, she was hiding her bills from me and not sending them in and, you know, um, but, you know, I said to her, just save. There's the first homeowner's grant. You can buy yourself a little unit and, you know, I'll help you get the loan because we started doing a few loans back then. Um, and, you know, I'll get your fixed rates so while you're at uni, you know, you know what your repayments are, get a house made in. And it transformed her life because, you know, that, that, that unit then went up in value. And then when she met her now husband, she had equity there. She was able to, you know, keep her unit, buy another place, sell a unit, get a holiday home. That really transformed her, her life. And I love, I love helping people. Like her parents said, are you crazy? She comes from an Italian family and they're like, no, you're not buying a, I'm like, buy a unit down near me. Don't listen to mom and dad. (laughs) Come on, this will be really good for you. And it was risky, right? Like it, it was. Back then, the property market wasn't really doing a lot and interest rates were high. I think they were like 7.5%. I'm like, no, this will be really good for you. Do it. Come on. Um, and I'll help you. I'll sort out your finances and let's do this and you can do it. And it, it really, today she's awesome. Like she's still to this day and my budget client and she's one of our biggest advocates because it transformed her life. You are the kind of person, Tammy, that I want, you know, when they imagine those little people sitting on your shoulders, kind of just cheerleading you through life. You're one of those people I feel like <laughs> everybody needs sitting over their shoulder. Um, the, the, the enthusiasm and the the passion in which you genuinely want to help people is it comes through in every conversation that we've had. Um, I, I want to get maybe a little bit practical because we've talked a lot about this yeah. idea that when you transform your relationship with money, it really mm-hmm. can transform your entire life. And so yeah. if you can again, as a leader, as a team member, anyway, if you can just re kind of um, evaluate and start to transform the kind of relationship you have have with money, it can really transform so much part, so many aspects of your life. I mean, how do you even start to begin? Like if you've got this kind of, you know, not a great relationship with money, where do you, where's even the the most accessible starting point? Uh, The the most accessible um, starting point is really just stopping and, and taking stock and writing down whether you use a spreadsheet or on a bit of paper and just writing down where am I spending money and, you know, compare that against your income and have a look at it and go, is this where, where I want to be spending my money? If I spent it in a different way, would my position look a little different? And am I okay with this? And I think, and that can be confronting 
as well. And I know a number of people just go, oh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to see how much I'm spending on getting my nails done or whatever. Um, but that is that is really um, step number one is actually just putting it all together and having a look at your situation. And that is, I mean, that is what we do at my budget. But there's no reason you can't do it um, for yourself. And when you when you come to my budget, as you know, we'll put it in a uh, in our system, and you get to see it, and that's free. There's no charge for that. You can walk away, take that, and you don't have to join my budget. There's no um, obligation at all. And so with that, you really get to see more about your financial situation than you've probably ever seen before when you actually write it all down and have a look at it and go, maybe if I just change this, mm. then I can you know, I might be able to pay more up here or I can create that savings to go on that holiday to Tassie where everyone seems to be going because, you know, <laughs> no, no lockdown there. Well, there was a little one, but, you know, uh, no COVID there. So, um, you know, I want to go on that holiday to Tassie or wherever you choose to go. And when you've got it visibly in front of you, that's the first place to start. Mm. And it, and it's just being, it's just taking the step and doing it. Even if you don't get it right, even if the numbers aren't right, you can always tweak them later. Yeah. A budget's not a set and forget thing. It's ever evolving, always evolving. The numbers are always changing. That's not the point. The point is just get it on a, a place where you can see it and then decide, am I, am I good with this? Am I, do I want to make changes? I'm okay with this. Do I want to create some more savings here? And is it really leading me where I want to go? And is that, am I on the path um, to achieving the goals that I want to achieve in my life? Mm-hmm. And your goals may be your lifestyle goals. Like, you get to go to the pub every week, not worry about it. You get to go out for dinner um, and that's what you want in life. And that is completely up to you, what you choose to be your lifestyle goals or your bigger goals. You may have bigger goals than that. Um, you know, you may want to take a holiday to Europe every year or every second year or everybody's goals are different. I've never seen two budgets the same, mm-hmm. never. When I think about that, the you know, for some people who prioritize travel in their life, you might see a big chunk allocated to travel. So some people who go, well, I actually really want to prioritize family. You might see, you know, elements of interstate travel or depending on where their, their family are, you might see more local getaways. Some people might just say my priority is education. So you might see high investment in, in study or learning, but there's no, that's not right or wrong is it? it's just different. Yeah. And, and every, and everybody values, things differently some people really value education and want to spend you know uh, a lot of money on their kids education other people say I would rather put that money on a holiday every year and send my kids to the local public school Mm. you know it's and I want to create those memories and experiences which is also educating my child so everybody is so different where they see value and a lot of it comes down to their own personal values from experiences they've had in their own lives from the way that they were taught about things from their parents or their family or people that influence their life, we all value things um, differently and no one's right or wrong. Uh, It's just what you want and you really should have your money working towards the things that you want in life and not be dictated to by the fact that you might have not, you know, not managed your finances as best as you could. Mm. So, I mean, what I'm hearing and what I'm reflecting on this conversation is, um, is number one, we've got to get out of that fear of judgment or shame that's attached to money. Because the moment we do that, we stop creating any sense of visibility around our money. We don't want to look at it. We don't want to see it. We don't want to touch it. But one of the best things we can do is move past that that sense of judgment or shame, put it all down in front of us and create visibility around 
where our money's going, where it's coming and then align that to what do I really want? Like, what do my goals, like, what are the goals um, before me? And does this align with my goals? Yeah, absolutely. And if there's one other thing I could add to, which complements what you just said, is you have to make the decision yourself to want to um, do better, you know, Mm -hmm. to want to transform that part of your life. So it starts with actually going, you know what? I've got this in me. I know, like, yes, there's the judgment and the fear and that holds us back, but then there's making that decision to do this for yourself and do this for your family or better yet, do this for your children. Mm. Teach them the, the, the right way or set them up for success. And we see that a lot as well as people really wanting to um, set their children up for success and not see them go down the same path that they went down. Mm. Yeah, I really like that. Just even both having a decision to say, I want to make this decision because, you know, I'm going to make it for me. I want to um, I want to put myself in a position where I don't give, you know, have this additional mental load that I'm carrying around. Because I feel like in some ways it's like carrying around something, this unnecessary weight that it's, um, you know, the thing that pops into my mind is like when a person has been, you know, had a kink in their back or they've been kind of carrying mm-hmm. around this injury forever and then they go to the chiropractor and they align it and they go away going, I could have resolved this years ago, but I've been kind of carrying this pain or this discomfort all this time that I could have actually done something about. Yeah, that, I mean, that's you perfectly described it. And I always say, metaphorically, it's when you when we see clients, and we were seeing clients in the office a lot more before COVID, mm. and we still do see some clients in our uh, Victorian office from time to time, and then in our South Australian office, um, we're still definitely seeing people. But you see that you you see the weight lift off people's shoulders, like sitting across from someone. I did this. I mean, I start, when I started this business, I did everything. I saw the clients. I answered the phone. I was receptionist. I was the finance manager. I emptied the bins. You know, I did the lot. And But my favorite, favorite, favorite part was that initial um, consultation with the clients. You can't buy the feeling you get when you see someone, the, the, the weight lift off someone's shoulder and see them smile and, and just feel that relief to know that they now have a plan, you know, it's a solution. Mm. It's a solution to, you know, you know, when you're stressed out, when you don't have a solution to something, that's when it really bothers you. But when you create that solution, you go, oh, now I know I'm okay now. This is what I'm going to do. That's what you see. And that's what you feel. And I I always say this to to my um, people that do that role now, like you can't buy this feeling. You can't buy the feeling that you get to have every day when you change someone's life and you transform their life. And, um, and our, and our, you know, customer service staff, they get that feeling as well. Um, when they see the, the things that our clients, uh, create in their life and they see the way their lives transform, absolutely. But in that first initial meeting, that's the most impactful. Mm. Uh, I, this has been such a helpful conversation and I want to touch one thing before we wrap up, because I feel like. Um, when people are listening to this, maybe early on, we'll be heading into uh, Christmas. And for some people, when they listen to this, it might be just after Christmas and we're kind of in that new year kind of period. I feel like there are two points of the year that can bring a whole lot of additional mental load. A, Christmas Mm. being a time where additional expenses come in, gifts, all the things that are wrapped up with that. (laughs) And then like most people, we always start the new year with these great ambitions of I've got to change my life this year. I mean, what are some of the quick things that people need to be aware of or they can be thinking through over Christmas and New Year when it comes to financial wellness? 
well, I say this every year. Christmas always rolls around at the same time of the year, but we always see like so many of us seem to forget about forget it. I go, oh, yep, Christmas here. I got to get all these presents. Um, and so, you know, I think just getting yourself prepared now. I mean, we're you know we're in early November. Um, you know, work out who do you have to buy gifts for? Where do you have to? you know, spend money and map that out now so that you're not in a position where, you know, come, you know, the second week or third week of December and you're, you're scrambling and, you know, throwing things on afterpay and credit cards and, and that sort of thing, which, you know, which inevitably it does happen, but we've got a bit of time now, get prepared um, and work out, you know, what, what, do, what do I need to spend? And don't forget about things like Christmas Day and, um, you know, what you're going to spend on food and, um, you know, we all seem to go OTT. I mean, I was saying earlier, I was joking around that, you know, every year I go into the shops and, you know, I'm like, I've got enough Christmas decorations, but I'll just grab this one. I'll grab that one. You know, I'm turning into the Griswolds at our house <laughs> um, with all the Christmas decorations. But it's all those little things that you kind of forget about. Um, and generally the, the family that might be hosting Christmas ends up spending more. So just having those open and honest conversations now about everybody bringing something and contributing, you know, someone do the chicken or someone do the turkey, you know, so it's not all, the load's not all on one, one person. So these are things we can think about now is just look at how many pages you've got between now and Christmas and what do I need to spend and, and work that through so that when it, you're not, cause it's a really overwhelming time, Christmas, yeah. um, not just the shopping part, but you know, the financial part, the financial burden, uh, and every, but every single year, you know, we see that influx of um, inquiry through January, which it comes from, you know, the the, the Christmas hangover. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, if I, I always think prevention is better than cure. Get onto it now. You know, have a look at your situation now. Don't don't wait. Mm. Um, so many clients of mine will say, "Oh, but we'll just wait. I'll sort that out after Christmas." And I'm like, "No, let's sort it out now. Let's be, re- you know, let's let's work this through." Um, because it's going to be better for you in the long run. Yeah, so it's so, so important. And um, I, I think you're right. Prevention is so much better than cure rather than getting to that point where you've left things too long and, and you've kind of, it starts to build and fester in that kind of little bubble mm-hmm. of shame. It's going like, hey, if I can deal with it early, I don't have to get to the place where I need to try and peel back the layer of shame and I can just address this nice and quick and nice and early. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that'd be the that would be the top things is really just start planning it out now. Because mm-hmm. um, there's always you know even like you know the Chris Kringle if you're working in an office place you might your team might there's all those little extra expenses that we just don't factor in. The average household's going to spend around twelve hundred dollars on Christmas, and that's the average. I know people spend more than that, mm-hmm. uh, and some people spend less. But you know they may be single families, but that you know that's a, a fair chunk of money. Mm-hmm. Um, out of someone's pay packet if you've left it to your last pay packet. Yeah, it sure is. Um, to kind of bring this conversation to close, like, I mean, if you were to imagine you were with, you know, people who were listening to the podcast or even me, people who are in this place where they're wanting to improve their financial wellness, we were catching the elevator together and they said, hey, Tammy, you know, got any quick advice for me? What, what do I need to know? Like, what, what's something you'd leave me with? Anything that would inspire me? Something practical? What's uh, something come to mind that comes to mind for you? I would say come in for a free appointment at my budget Yeah, <laughs> because we, I mean, it's going to cost you nothing but your time. That yeah. is exactly what I would say. It'll cost you nothing but your time. You're under no obligation to join our service, but have a look at your financial um, situation. It can change your life. Yeah, It can transform your life. Um, you know, that that's probably what I would say without, 
sounding like I'm trying to plug my budget because that's not what today is about. Uh, it was, but that's exactly what I would say. Um, and you know, and when you know better, you do better. Yeah. And that's that's a that's a quote that I heard um, from one of Oprah Mayer. Oh, I've forgotten her last name, but one of Oprah Winfrey's mentors said that, and I'm like, it's so true. Yeah. And that's what my budget can do when you know better, when you see it on paper, you can do better. And because we're all human, we make mistakes. You know, we do. We're not perfect. Uh, and then a lot of the times, it's because we don't know any better, or we don't have the tools to deal with something, and we make mistakes, and and that's okay. But then it's about us looking at ourselves and going, you know, I made that mistake. But it's now up to me. I can fix it. I don't have to do that again. Yeah. Uh, I can do better. Once I know better, I can do better. That's such a nice kind of landing point for the conversation of the podcast. And I, Tammy, I've had such a good time having this conversation with you. And one of the things I will do is, I mean, I'm, I'm an unofficial ambassador for my budget. You, you don't know that, <laughs> but I, I talk to people about it because I think it's just such a fantastic judgment-free space Thank to you. actually great, get greater visibility. And it really can transform your life. And so what I'll do is in the show notes for the podcast, I'll put links into kind of my budget and how people can connect in there. Um, and I'll put links to your LinkedIn. Again, you mentioned a couple of articles that you've written as well. And I, I can't wait to hear what comes out of some of the kind of work that you're doing in the financial wellness space. But it's been such a great opportunity to talk to you. And thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks so much, um, Shane, for having me. I've really enjoyed the conversation today. That's it for another week of phone calls with clever people. Thank you so much for taking the time to invest in you by checking out the podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the episodes as they're released. And of course, I'd love to hear how this has added value for you in the reviews. Have a fantastic week.